Good morning. Sure good to see all of you. Because if you weren't here, I wouldn't see anybody. <laughs> well, it's just great to have the opportunity to share with you this morning. And um, I also have my lovely wife with me. This is Dar. And we've been married almost 48 years. Partners, best friends. And we did spend over 33 years in missions overseas uh, in Europe where I was a professor in one of the uh, seminaries overseas in Belgium and vice president and professor at a seminary in the Netherlands. And we planted a church. So we've done a lot of things in our 48 years of ministry together, and we just thank God for the privilege. Uh, Brian contacted me, or Pastor Brian contacted me a while back, saying that he had to, had made a commitment to go to a uh, men's retreat and needed somebody to fill the pulpit for him, and I said, sure, I'd love to do that. So I'm glad to be here today to be able to share with you from God's Word. Brian also asked me if I would try to stay within his series that he's doing, Mark, the book of Mark. And so I said, sure, I, th- I think I can work that in. So I want to share with you from the book of Mark, chapter 14 today. But let's have a word of prayer before I start. Lord, we thank you because we know that you are here. You are in the presence of where two or three gathered in your name. And we know that you are here today. We can sense your presence And we just ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would speak to our hearts and our minds and motivate us to love you more and worship you greater. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Got a question for you, and that is, have you ever received an extravagant gift? Or have you ever given someone an extravagant gift? Well, this word extravagant is interesting. It has been defined by spending too much, characterized by excessive or wasteful spending, or something that is beyond reasonable or unreasonable, or something that is unreasonably high in price or high in cost. So this idea of extravagant has the concept of just doing too much. Now, our story today that we find in Mark chapter 14, the first nine verses, is a story of a woman of Bethany. She is not named in our text in Mark 14, but the same story is told in the Gospel of John chapter 12, and the woman is named there. Her name is Mary. And we are told that she gave a gift to Jesus that some people thought was just way too much. Some people thought that what Mary did was excessive. It was just way over the top. In other words, many thought that Mary's gift to Jesus was extravagant. Now, there are many things in our society that are extravagant. My son, a few years ago, went to one of his best friend's wedding in Texas where they paid over $250,000 for the wedding. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a little bit extravagant. <laughs> well, they do big things big in Texas, by the way. So if you're from Texas, you know that. Now, did you know that there is a hotel in Geneva, Switzerland, 
where you can get a room for $60,000 a night? Now, that's extravagant. Or how about buying a Bugatti Veyron super sports car? (laughs) Anybody have one of those? (laughs) They only cost about two and a half million dollars. Now, if you're a real sports buff, you would know that you can go from zero to 60 in two and a half seconds. Now, friends, this word extravagant, it can be used for a lot of things. It can be used in a negative way as well. For example, when we see people take the blessings they have been given by God and waste them on themselves. But when a person expresses their love and worship for Jesus Christ in an extravagant manner, there is nothing negative about that. After all, he is worthy of everything that we can offer him because all that we have comes from him. All He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the church of Bethany. No gift is too excessive. No expression of love is over the top. And no form of worship should ever be considered too extravagant to give to Jesus. I'd like to take a few moments, want to look at our text for a few moments as presented in Mark chapter 14. Now I'm going to read these quickly and you can just watch them and listen in. It was now two days before Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priest and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy, While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Now, The story is also told in the Gospel of John, and it's going to be up on the screen, but I'm going to just focus on one verse out of the Gospel of John that coincides with what I want to share this morning out of the Gospel of Mark, and that is verse 3. It says, Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Now this goes on and tells essentially the same story that we just read in Mark. Now, I think of the way that Mary loved and worshipped has a lot 
to teach us about our own love and our own worship of the Lord Jesus Christ and how it really should be. Let's look at these verses together and learn how to love and worship Jesus in an extravagant manner. Let's see what it means to have our heart beat with a passion, a passion to love and worship Jesus. And so I want to tell you the story of Mary of Bethany. It's a picture of extravagant love and extravagant worship. It is the heartbeat of love. First of all, the cost of her love and worship was extravagant. She broke a vessel, a pitcher, a bottle, a jar, whatever it was. It was ointment and poured it on the head of Jesus and on the feet of Jesus. In verse 3, which is our main text today, it gives us this picture. Again, I'm going to read this. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon, the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the pure perfume on his head. John 3, John 12, 3, again the same story. She, Mary took about a pint of pure nard, expensive perfume, poured it on the, Jesus' feet, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance. You see, Mary, at this moment, the lotion that she was pouring on Jesus was very expensive. In fact, it was valued at about 300 pence at that particular time. Now, a pence, one pence, was the daily wage for an average worker. This would be about 300 days of wage. Now, today, our average wage in the United States is somewhere around $135 a day. The minimum wage is about $60 a day. So, in modern terms, this jar of nard would have cost about $18,000. This nard was produced from a very rare plant that was only grown in India. It was hard to acquire. It was very expensive. People were forced to save for many years just to be able to provide enough ointment for their own funeral. And in the breaking of the jar, there are two ancient customs that seem to come into view. The first has to do with the breaking of glasses. The breaking of the jar. When a distinguished person ate at someone's home, often the glass was broken because it was used by someone who was special. And it was broken so that some lesser person could never use that glass again. Perhaps this is what Mary had in mind when she broke the jar. Another custom had to do with burial rituals. After someone died... Their body was washed and anointed. The box that contained the embalming spices was broken. And the fragrance, fragments was buried with this particular person. Perhaps this is what Mary had in mind. But I'd like to imagine that she broke the vessel so that she might extract every single drop of that ointment that she could put it all on Jesus. Now, whatever the reason was, one thing is clear, and that is that Mary gave everything that she possessed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder, 
I just wonder, have we broken the alabaster box of our own lives? Have we poured out ourselves every drop for him? You see, this is the thought that occupied the mind of Paul when he faced his own death. He said this, he says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. We should look at our own lives and ask ourselves if we have given everything we have and everything that we are to Jesus. You see, Mary's sacrifice was the ultimate expression of her love and worship for Jesus. She gave all she had. And after all, Jesus said this, she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand, prepared my, to prepare my body for burial. Have we placed everything we are, everything we have before him? Think about it for a moment. Have we given everything to him? Or what have we held back from him for ourselves? When we love the Lord Jesus with all of our hearts, when he occupies the proper place in our hearts, no price is too great. No gift is too extravagant to give to him for all that he has done for us. I want to tell you a quick story. It's one that you may have heard before, very familiar, written by a guy by the name of William Porter, whom most uh, people that know American literature would know his pen name was O. Henry. And he wrote a little story called The Gift of the Magi. And it goes this way. It is about this young couple named Della and Jim. And they were newly married, didn't have much money, but they loved each other deeply. Each one had their own unique possession. Della's hair, her pride and joy, it was long and flowed down her back. Jim had a gold watch. His father gave it to him. And one day before Christmas, Della had exactly a $1.87 for which to buy Jim a present. She wanted to get him something that he would really like, but she knew that she could not get much with a $1.87. She did what she could do. She did the only thing that she could do. She went and sold her hair for $20. And with the money, she bought a platinum chain for Jim's precious watch. Jim came home from work that night when he saw Della's hair had been cut. He was speechless. Slowly, he handed her the gift that he had bought. His gift was a set of expensive tortoiseshell combs with jeweled edges for her beautiful hair. He had sold his gold watch to buy them for her. You see, each of them had given all that they had to give. Have we given all that we had to Jesus? The expression of her worship and love was extravagant. In Christ's day, people did not sit at a table to eat their meals The tables they used were low, they were close to the floor, people reclined around them at mealtime, and typically their heads were near the table and their feet were a little bit farther away, they were stretched out. And this would mean that Mary would have been in a kneeling position near Jesus 
in order to anoint his head and his feet with ointment. And in this moment of time, Mary was making a great statement of surrender. By kneeling to him, anointing him, she was declaring her faith in him as the Messiah. She was declaring to everyone there by kneeling that her faith was in the Lord Jesus Christ. And she at that moment surrendered all to him. And by her selfless act of love and worship, Mary was making a tremendous statement concerning who she believed Jesus to be. Now there were four classes of people who were anointed in those days. There were kings, priests, prophets, and the dead. And I believe that by her act of worship, by kneeling before Jesus and anointing him, Mary was confessing Jesus to be all of those things in her heart. Certainly, Jesus is all of these things. He is the King of Kings. He is the great high priest. He is the prophet. And he was dead. He gave his life on the cross, but he is alive forevermore. In Revelation, it says, I am the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. This is what Mary believed about Jesus. She demonstrated her surrender to him as all of these things by her act of love and worship. Mary was more in touch with who Jesus was and is than even his own disciples. She believed that he was about to die. They didn't really believe that. Apparently, she knew that his body would not be available to anoint after death. And so she did it ahead of time. And no doubt, her faith enabled her to see beyond the cross and beyond the tomb. No doubt her faith enabled her to see a day when Jesus would rise from the dead and occupy the throne of glory in heaven. She was absolutely surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Her humility was on display in two profound ways. Mary was willing to do the work of a common slave for the Lord Jesus And she was also willing to be seen in public with her hair down, which was a sign of an immoral woman. It appears that Mary was totally unselfconscious in her adoration and her love for the Lord Jesus Christ. She didn't care what anyone else thought. She didn't care about their gasp, their stares, their ridicule. Not only had she surrendered her possession she also surrendered her pride. And her primary focus was serving and honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. Her only desire was to love and to worship Him. What about us? Are we as surrendered as Mary? Does the life that we live reveal our kneeling before Him as absolute Lord and Savior and God? When Mary came to the feet of Jesus and gave her all, 
She had done all that she could. And when we get to the feet of Jesus, we can go no further. Just as Mary broke the jar of of ointment so that every drop might be extracted, we should break our lives before him so that he might extract the very last drop of glory from us. That is the price of surrender. That is the price of love and worship. We should be so grateful for all that he has done for us. He gave his life for us to be redeemed from our sin. He gave us the free gift of grace to restore us into a right relationship with God the Father. We should be totally uninhabited and unashamed in the expression of our love and worship to Jesus. We should allow not allow our pride to get the best of us. We should allow our pride to die. We should show a lost and dying world that we are not ashamed to worship Him. And we should witness of His saving grace. We should work for the glory of Him who died to set us free. And above all, our love for Him is in direct response to His love for us. We love because He first loved us. Jesus loved us so much that He gave Himself for us. And how can we do that today? How can we surrender ourselves completely to Him? What must we do to surrender ourselves totally to Jesus today? The progress of her love and worship was extravagant. Mary appears three times in the Gospels. Every time she shows up, she is doing the same thing. She is found at the feet of Jesus. First time she appears is at her own home. Martha is working, preparing a meal for Jesus and the others. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to Jesus, for waiting for him to teach her. And so she was wanting him to teach her everything that he could. The next time we see her is at the tomb of Lazarus. He had just died and Jesus had arrived at the tomb and Mary ran to Jesus and bowed at his feet in supplication. And then the last time we see her is in our text in Mark 14 and also in the Gospel of John. And she offered her love and worship to him because of what he meant to her. So as we see Mary, we see her on three occasions. And it is easy to see the enlargement of her heart for love and worship. It is easy to see the capacity of love and worship that she had. It is easy to see her passionate heartbeat for loving and worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first time we see her, she is sitting at the feet as one learning. She wants to hear his word. She wants the words of Jesus to penetrate her heart. The next time we see her, she is at at his feet as one leaning. She wants to experience Jesus and his work. She wants to be close to him. 
and experience everything she can by being right next to him. And then we see her at the feet as one loving. She wants to declare his worth. And Mary demonstrates that kind of steady progress that should mark the love and worship of every child. And as we mature in the Lord, we learn from his word. We lean on him and experience his mighty works in our lives. And as we learn to love him more than anything, and our worship should become more and more extravagant. You see, everyone there that day had a reason to love and worship Jesus. There's a lot of evidence in our text. There was Lazarus. He had just been raised from the dead. But he is not loving and worshiping. He is looking and watching. There is Simon the leper. He had been healed of leprosy and the God of creation is dining at his house. But he is not loving and worshiping. He is looking and watching. Then there is Martha. She had witnessed Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead just like Mary. But she is not loving and worshiping. She is working and worrying. Then there are the 11 disciples. They had experienced the saving touch of Jesus Christ. They had been called to follow the, follow the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But they are not loving and worshiping. They are looking and watching. Then there's Judas Iscariot in the presence of the only one who could save him from his sin and deliver him from being lost for eternity. He tried to mask his objection of Mary's heartfelt act of worship in terms of concern for the poor. He is complaining, finding fault instead of loving and worshiping. In fact, all eyes had been on Jesus until Judas opened his mouth. And then there is Mary. She did what any of the others could have done. Instead of holding back, she took the initiative and she honored the Lord Jesus. Here was a woman who loved the Lord more than anything. And as a result, she engaged in profound worship at his feet. Mary of Bethany, she bowed before him. She did not care what anyone else thought. She opened her heart and then she opened her hands, giving all that she had in humble, intense love and worship of the Lord. And yet this story is not about Mary's goodness or generosity. The story is instead about Jesus Christ, who alone inspired her to such extravagance. This story is about Jesus, who alone drew her out of the crippling self-centeredness which we all know so well. This is the story about Jesus, whose love alone was so immense that it stimulated her love in return. This is the story about Jesus, whose life alone called forth such devotion and who alone is worthy of such love and worship. This is the story of Jesus who can take our old life and give us a new one. Where are you in your love and worship experience? 
If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as you walk in His light, enjoy His salvation, experience His power day by day, can you honestly say that your love and worship is expanding? If you will stop and think for about one second, you will realize that you have many wonderful reasons to love and worship Jesus today. Think of all that he has done for you. Think of his salvation, his love, his provision, his grace, his mercy, his presence, his healing. Think of who he is, what he has done, and what he has promised you. And then be like Mary, not like the others, and give him the love and the worship that he deserves. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, You know what you need to do in giving him everything that you have. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know him today. You can have a fresh start. You can have a new start. You can receive him as your Lord and Savior into your heart and into your life. When Mary broke that jar and poured out the ointment on the head of the Lord Jesus, The Bible tells us that the house was filled with the oil, with the odor of the ointment. Everyone there was made a part of the experience because of the permeation of that oil or that ointment. And there's no denying that Mary was giving her all in an effort to honor Jesus. Even those who criticized her could enjoy the fragrance of her sacrifice for the Lord. And it probably wasn't long before the fragrance drifted outside of that house so those around could also sense and smell that ointment. The fragrance of our love and worship will fill this house and it will follow us out into a lost world and a lost, a dying world if we allow that fragrance just to penetrate us, if we allow the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth to just come over us and let that fragrance flow out from us. Like Mary, there are those who will criticize us. But in spite of that, there will always be the one who will receive our love and worship and honor those who honor Him. Friends, It honors the Lord when his people express their love for Jesus in an extravagant worship. And we should consider no gift too excessive. We should look at no sacrifice as being too great. We should praise God for every opportunity to give all to him in worship and humble service. Has the vessel of your life been broken? Is the love and worship of your life being poured out at the feet of Jesus? Does the scent of your love for him permeate your life with the sweet fragrance of heaven? Or is there room for more sacrifice, more love, more worship? Why don't you bring all you have and all you are to him today? Why don't you lay it all at his feet 
as the ultimate expression of your love and worship. Let's bow our heads. There are several things that you could do today. One is, if you don't know Jesus, you can ask him to come into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior. Another thing that you can do is you can say, Lord, just take everything. Take it all. Here I am. I surrender to you. Lord, we thank you for the challenge of your word. We thank you for this incredible story of a woman who gave everything that she had. Everything. She sacrificed it all because she loved you so much. And she wanted to worship you in the most extravagant way. And Lord, I just pray that our hearts would be like her heart, that we would have the same kind of passion and compassion that she had to love you and to worship you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.